0: Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys for joining us. It's one of those days
1: when the sun has started to come out and after all the rain that we've had, I'm sure that Some of us are unfamiliar with that big orange glow in the sky, but I believe they call it the sun. But today, what this show is about, as always, is not about the sun that's up in the sky, but the S-O-N that needs to shine in every heart and does in every heart of everyone who follows Christ. And today I have a friend of mine on the show. He works for me at the Union Gospel Mission. Well, we actually all work for Christ. And uh, even though I may be uh, what is considered the head of the mission, Christ is the head of the mission. I'm only, just like behind the pulpit, I'm not the shepherd, I'm the under-shepherd to the only true shepherd. And so Micah, who is on my show with me today, has been working for us for, well, he's been there for about a year, but uh, he wasn't always working as an employee, but he is now, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, We're going to talk about a lot of things. And one of the things that uh, just on the way up here in the elevator and stuff, we were talking about a conference that he went to, and his father was at one of the breakout uh, sessions. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because it's something we try to get across on this show all the time, that we will not compromise the gospel message. And his father put it very succinctly. Uh, you know, when he said the clearer the message is, the more people will hate you for the message. And that's that's because as long as you can keep your, your message a feel-good, vague message, then you don't offend anybody. But when you start actually delving into the Word of God, and you are trying to be exact and precise about the Word of God, and not just dance around the head of a pen— but to call sin, sin, and to uh, not back up or back down. Uh, that's why we don't take any government money and wouldn't take money uh, from any organization that would require us to fail to bring up the gospel message. And so I think that the way that Pastor Jarvis uh, put it was succinct, and it was very clear. So at the mission we always try to do exactly that—to be clear with our message. Our chaplaincy uh, is endeavoring every day to make sure that when we are discipling, when we're uh, chaplain, when the chaplains are working with these men, that they understand their sin nature and they understand what uh, what has gone wrong in their lives. And then, to boot, twice a day they come in for teaching. And not just counseling, but teaching. And we try to be very precise about the Word of God. And we don't dance, as I said, around the head of a pin. And so I have today, uh, I I have Micah Jarvis here, who works for uh, us in the development uh, office. And so uh, he was on our show a few months ago, and I'm having him back to see if there's any new revelations that he's gotten Mm -hmm. About the mission, not about—we're <laughs> not We're not claiming he's a prophet. We're just—but <laughs> he has insight about the mission. So uh, would you like to say hello to everybody? Yeah,
2: thanks for having me again. It's great to be here. And I like what you were saying about, uh, you know, being clear on, on the Well, gospel. that was your dad, but yeah. I was just quoting yeah, him. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But uh, I actually got the opportunity a couple uh, days ago to uh, preach for the uh, evening chapel service that we have. Um, that was really, really um, encouraging even for me as I was studying. And I, uh, I preached from Luke uh, 14, uh, 25 to 35, where Jesus addresses the crowds. And uh, I wanted to preach that specific text uh, because I feel like the, the the people that come to the the evening chapel services right a lot of them are just there for the food yeah and a lot of them have been there a lot like right? a lot of them come every and they night. come every night they come every night and they hear the same message they get they get a meal but nothing changes right they they come right. and they just they just sit through a lesson so that they can get a meal right and uh, so I wanted to preach on a, on a thing that kind of addresses, how does Jesus address the crowds who are just there for maybe the wrong reason? Mm-hmm. And Luke 14:25 is is really good. He yes, says, it is. He said, uh, this is Jesus. Now great crowds accompanied Jesus, and he turned to them and said, If anyone comes after me and does not hate his own mother, his wife, his children, and brothers and sisters, yet, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. So essentially, Jesus is calling for his full commitment to Him. That's right. right, and that's exactly what you know. People at Union Gospel Mission need is not just a meal, not just a shelter, that's not right. just a bed, uh, but they need the person of Christ. And so, yeah, I was just like kind of exhorting them to: if if you're the, if you're here for any other reason besides Christ, then you are missing why Union Gospel Mission exists. All right, we don't preach a message so we can feed you; we feed you so we can preach a message. That's correct. Right? The message is the priority.
1: Yeah, I've had many people over the years who will say, "Well," Uh, don't you feel bad about making them sit through a message uh, so that they can get a meal or a bed and all those kind of things? And I always tell them I don't feel bad about it at all. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. I said, because first of all, our donors want us to give the message mm-hmm. of hope, which is the gospel message. And as it says in Romans 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And why am I not ashamed of the gospel?
2: It's the power of God. Yeah,
1: unto sure. salvation, right? For those who will believe, and and so, the bottom line comes. on I don't. I don't feel bad at all. The Bible also tells us, if you will not work, you will not eat. Mm-hmm. And all we're asking them to do is sit for an hour through a service, mm-hmm. sing. You know, they yeah, don't have they to don't, sing, yeah, but listen sing, to but... music. Uh, Mike is an excellent guitarist, and he sings, and he does those things. And so, sit there in the warm, and. Then we're going to feed you a great meal because the kitchen turns out some amazing Mm -hmm. meals to the homeless. Mm -hmm. And then guys get to go upstairs. They get a bed, they get a shower, they get clean pajamas and clothing. So uh, I would say that uh, sitting through a chapel service for 45 minutes or an hour is not that horrific. And so, no, I don't feel bad about it at all. There is no purpose for the union gospel mission to be there. If, We are not going to preach the gospel message. There are a ton of places who feed people. And they have no expectation and no rules or regulations. And we have rules and regulations, right, Uh, that they need to adhere to. Uh, But to your point, you know, when the people are coming and Jesus is exhorting them, hey, you know, if you don't hate your father, your mother, your brother, you know, people often misconstrue that and say, yeah. well, he's preaching this message of hate. No, 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 no. That's not what it means at all. Mm-hmm. What it means is the priority of your life needs to be Jesus Christ, and he even says your own life. And yet mm-hmm. we know that no one has actually hated their own life, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the call is that in the, in the Christian church, It's an amazing thing to live. You need to die, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: (laughs) you know, to prosper. You need to be broken. And I don't mean prosper in the sense of a health and wealth type of thing where you give a dollar to get ten dollars back. But what I mean is, is our lives grow in sanctification, right? The only way to grow in sanctification is to give up, Mm -hmm. To give up self, to give up your pride, your all those type of things, and and God, you know, He said that that those who die will live, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. and so uh, as you preach that message, and you gave it to the men out there, what is your experience standing behind the pulpit, not just uh, like on a Friday morning, mm-hmm. but at night, like you were talking about? Mm-hmm. And you're looking out at the people. I want to see if you kind of had the same experience I had for years and years. What what is it like for you to preach before them?
2: Yeah, before the on the definitely on the Fridays, it's definitely what I guess you would call a tough crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have like the program guys in the back who you know they're always super encouraging. Um, a lot of them, you know, they know the gospel, they uh, agree with it, uh, um, and they you know they're, they're you know giving amens, and so they're encouraging. Yeah, the people that are just there for a meal, like you know who's there for the meal and who is there for the message. It's yeah. it's very clear, um, just in how they are either are looking at you or not, or even how they're looking at you, right? Some of them um, will, glaring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and we even have people that will boo at times too. Which or uh, there's this one guy who keeps coming here. He just he just ran at random points. He'll say, "Oh, I disagree," just like yeah. out of nowhere. So.
1: And we we usually with the chapel group. Uh, if you're if you're listening right now obviously and your church is thinking about coming home we we make sure that that type of stuff is Mm, stopped yeah i had a guy when i was preaching a message he stood up in the middle and he yelled (laughs) crucify me crucify me that's what you want to do and he's yelling at the top of his lungs crucify me and we finally had to eject him Mm. and uh I I looked out, and I could see all the people out there were really nervous. And uh, I looked behind me, and, you know, I always used to bring a lot of people from the church. You know, there are 20 or 30 people there. And uh, so they were nervous. Mm -hmm. And I had to preach a message. So I thought, okay. So I said, Lord, I don't know exactly what to do, you know, to get everybody calm. Mm -hmm. So I walked out and I put my Bible on the pulpit and I said, we need to pray. We need to pray for what just happened. We need to pray for all of you out there. I said, so I turned to the church behind me. I said, so let's pray for all the guys out there and all the guys out here and women. Why don't you pray for our our group here and pray for me as we deliver this message? And yes, let's even pray for the recently departed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah. started to laugh the tension was broken yeah. and it turned out to be a good
2: evening that's cool yeah
1: and so cool. it's it's uh but it it can also be nerve-wracking when you're trying to get through a message mm-hmm. and you're interrupted yeah. right
2: yeah. yeah yeah but it's to be expected right you know if it they, is if they, if they yelled at jesus while he preached right How much
1: more? Well, at least they haven't started throwing stones at you. (laughs) You Throwing off off a cliff, right? Right, right, exactly. They haven't done those type of things to us yet. Uh it used to be said that Paul, when he went into a town, he liked to visit the jail first because he'd like to know where he was sleeping. Exactly. (laughs) Right? Yeah, Yeah. So uh so what when you got there, you had expectations of the mission. What did they look like?
2: Yeah, so um, I had never worked in an office before. I wasn't really sure if I would enjoy it, um, but I actually really did. Um, I had done like construction before. Um, I'd work at a coffee shop. Um, You're in the military, military. you're a reservist, right? Yeah. So so I was used to like being on my feet and like, you know, doing stuff. Go, go, go. Exactly. And so I was like, an office, well, we'll we'll see what that's like. And so, but I actually really enjoy it. Um, Even just uh, processing all the checks, which is my main job. Uh, it's, it's actually fun for me, which is really cool. Um, it, it's very, like, makes the time go by quickly. Uh, so that's really cool. Um, also, helping with, like, some of the wording for the social media. Whenever we do posts, I help with, uh, like, wording and getting uh, program guys' testimonies. A lot of, I do a lot of that. And so that's, that's really fun. Um, just, like, hearing that's, that's really fun is hearing the, the testimonies of the program guys, of the ones who are about to graduate or have graduated, uh, just seeing how Christ has changed them. And again, kind of going back to what we were talking about uh, earlier today, uh, they they see that they have been forgiven much, mm-hmm. and that that shows in how they live, and um, and sh- they they have a love for Christ because they know that they've come from a very sinful background, but Christ is a very merciful and forgiving Savior. Amen. And so it's really cool to hear their testimonies and just to talk about it with them.
1: You know, you're not <clears throat> you're not saved by your good works, mm-hmm. but you are saved unto good works. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I think that one of the things. Now, you've been also teaching there, you you know, mm-hmm. for a little while, mm-hmm. and you've heard a lot of the questions, and you can get the sense that there's a lot of bad theology yeah. that yeah. we have to sometimes get through, yeah. and mm-hmm. get out of them before yeah. we can give them really what the good news is, yeah. right? Yeah. So but- how, do you do you find that to be? When some of the guys start, do you have you seen that as well?
2: Yeah, it can definitely take up a whole class. That's that's for sure. Um, I've taught on the the program class just uh, every, every uh, for around four days a week. The program guys all have a uh, uh, two Bible classes that they attend, and so I've gotten opportunities to teach there. And yeah, a guy will ask a question, and uh, it'll even like they say you can't ask the wrong questions, but you know it seems like you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so uh, they'll they'll ask a question that. Okay, now I have to untangle this guy's entire view of whatever topic it, this question is coming from so that no one else in the in the classroom is also confused. Yep. Um, so yeah, it can definitely take a class, um, but to me that's actually fun. Like I love yeah, I agree thinking with that. thinking like critically and thinking deeply about a certain topic. And oftentimes that means thinking of the opposite you know, belief and, you know, seeing why that's wrong, right? Not only why you're right, but why the opposite is wrong. And that can be helpful in in how people learn.
1: Yeah, sometimes questions uh, are the best Mm -hmm. answer to a person's bad theology. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably told you before, and I don't know if I told you, Micah, but I had uh, the Jehovah Witnesses at Mm -hmm. my door, and they were asking silly questions. And I said, well, let's face it, you and I both are on opposite sides of the spectrum, so I'll answer any of your questions. You just answer one for me. And I said, Doesn't, I don't have to agree with it, but you have to answer it. And then I'll answer any question you want theologically or whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And he agreed to that. And I said, okay. I said, well, let's, uh, let's turn and look at Doubting Thomas being confronted by Jesus Christ mm-hmm. at the door. And I said, it's a funny thing, uh, you know, because he wasn't going to believe until he put his finger in the hand, put mm-hmm. the hand in the side, he's not going to believe. And so Jesus appears with the disciple and says, Thomas, put your finger in my hand, put your hand in my side, stop doubting and believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says a curious thing. My Lord, my God. I said, Do you have a situation here where he has just... Either said, My Lord, oh, my God, which would be blasphemy and Jesus would have rebuked him, Mm -hmm. or he thought Jesus was God and was wrong, in which case it would be also blasphemy and Jesus would have rebuked him, or he was God and he accepted it because Thomas was right. I said, So, my friend, there's our difference in theology. You tell me how you see that. Well, I'm not familiar with it. Well, that's not true. They've read the Bible. Yeah, yeah. But he, he'll he have to come back. He never came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that happened again yeah, right. to another set. Wow. So what I'm saying is that sometimes just the question, mm-hmm. okay, you believe this, explain to me why. Mm-hmm. And when you hear the convoluted, complicated explanation, yeah. right? Yeah,
2: yeah, and that's what's really cool about the classroom is when when all of your theology comes from scripture like that is your argument like, right. you can if you can prove from the text why it says that then you know you're solid you know despite what anyone thinks and so that's why um, you know whenever uh, my dad does this a lot and I've kind of picked it up as I as I be teaching and he, he'll he'll you know ask a question and you'll you'll think of an answer and you'll just spew it out right? and that happens so much in the classroom where we you know we'll engage with the guys and ask him a question And they'll just, you know, spew out the first thing that comes to their mind, when instead what we're trying to get them is to look at the text and see, based on the text, what is your answer? And and so, you know, they'll spew like 20 answers, and you'll, okay, no, no, that's not right. Look at the verse, and then they'll, oh, of course, just look at the verse, and there's the answer. Yeah,
1: look at the one before, Mm -hmm. look at the one after that verse. Exactly, yeah. And then uh, that will usually lead you out of your confusion, uh, because... The old saying, and you know, Mikey, you've heard it probably a thousand times when you take a text out of uh, context, mm-hmm. you make a pretext yeah. out of it. Yeah. We can make the Bible say anything you want it to say if I'm going to pick and choose verses yeah. and not give the real explanation or the backup for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Judas went out and hanged himself, now go do likewise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Well, those are both in the Bible, but they're not together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we don't want anybody to go out and hang themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want to make sure that we're concise and that we're as precise as possible. Mm-hmm. So most, uh, not most, all the chaplains and all the people that we'll be preaching will be Looking uh when they're delivering a sermon, they're gonna look at commentaries, they're also gonna look at the Greek and the Hebrew and what that context is. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean you can't you can't just say what Jesus said without the context yeah. behind it. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise people are confused, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh what do you find is your biggest challenge uh first in the office doing what you do, and then in the other teaching things that you're doing, uh, what are your biggest challenges that you see?
2: Yeah, so I think for, for definitely the teaching, probably the biggest uh, challenge is, because the way I've kind of been thinking about how I want to teach is um, is I, I think about how, how did, well, first of all, how did Jesus teach, right? But also it's really cool if you read the Gospels, you see Jesus um, said Certain things to certain people with certain problems. He mm-hmm. was very like precise with who he, and how he dealt with people. Like he dealt mm-hmm. differently with the Pharisees than he did his disciples or, right. or the or the sinners who came to him or the woman at the well. Exactly, yeah. And so, so that what that tells me is Jesus, Jesus was clear on people, and that that's what drove how he talked to them. And so Absolutely. that's what I want to do in the classroom and as I preach is preach to their specific needs. And, I agree. And, I, and it, is, it can be hard to, you know, know each and every one of their individual needs, um, but there are, like, you know, uh, needs or there are problems that all of them kind of have. Um, yeah,
1: because of addictions exactly. that they have, regardless of what those yeah. addictions might yeah. be, right?
2: Yeah. Or just even getting along with each other in at the mission, all living Which together. is a big problem yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. don't, uh, you know, don't judge too quickly, not you, but, but yeah. the folks out there, yeah. because, you've got uh, you've got twenty three or twenty four men up yeah. there, and sometimes a little more mm-hmm. when you have graduates up there too yeah. that are all trying to live together in very close quarter mm-hmm. quarters so it's much like uh, the dormitories in the military, yeah. Yeah. you know very close together, bunk beds, that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and to your point, you know there's when you're dealing with the Pharisees who' are so puffed up from what they know. Mm-hmm. That, that's why Jesus didn't take a delicate, sweet yeah. approach. And he said, you whitewashed sepulchers, yeah. mm-hmm. beautiful on the outside, filled with dead men's bones. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, that sounds insulting, but it was confrontational for a reason, yeah. because that was their problem. He said, you know, you, you take the law and you strain out a gnat, but you swallow a camel— you go halfway around the world to get a, a convert, and then when you do, you make him twice the son of hell that you are. Mm-hmm. Well, those are hard words they needed to hear. But that woman at the well, he said, go get your husband and bring him here. She said, well, I'm not married. And he said, you've spoken well. He says, as a matter of fact, you've had five husbands, mm-hmm. and the one you're with right now is not your yeah. husband. Yeah. But he was kind and sensitive, yeah. you know. So we got two minutes left. Is I, I see you still looking at the Bible. Was there something you wanted to bring out there?
2: Um, just uh, I'm just looking at Luke 14 still, and I mean that Luke 14 is a perfect example of how Jesus was uh, very specific with specific or with different people. Yeah. Um, he he gives a parable uh, to uh, people who were invited to the party. The context of that's correct. Je- Jesus yeah. is at a dinner or a, a house, and they're all eating, and he sees people taking uh, places of honor. And he rebukes them for, for serving themselves or, or thinking that they deserve honor. Um, and he, he rebukes that. And then he, the guy who invited him to the party, he rebukes him for only being nice so that he'll be repaid. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's just really cool that Jesus, you know, sees the problems of the people. And then based on that, he, he, uh, he gives a solution and, yes. and what they should do.
1: And by the way, when Jesus was hard on people, it was still love. hmm Sometimes you need to be you need to be hard to be kind, mm-hmm. uh, because they need to know what their problem is. And sometimes we're pretty stubborn people. Yeah, yeah. By the way, if uh, if Micah sounds young to you, he is. He's in his <laughs> early twenties. He's a reservist and stuff. But what I wanted to say to you is that even though the men respect him. And so, as always, my dear friends, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand.
0: You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to ugmsac.com. UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916 447 3268. 916 447 3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.